This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. and welcome to Beneath the Surface. Glad you could join us today. Very exciting what we're going to start doing on Beneath the Surface. Um, we are starting a series called The Creed Beneath the Surface. And what we're going to do starting today is go through each line of the Nicene Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. The entire creed, we're going to break it down line by line, bit by bit, um, with my rotating guests here on Beneath the Surface. And um, because I think that we, we go to Mass very often and we sort of rattle off the words and we've never really stopped, some of us anyway, never really stopped to delve into what, what we're really saying and what we really mean by this. So we want to take this opportunity here at Beneath the Surface to delve beneath the surface on the Creed. And uh, hopefully by the end, we'll have a better understanding or a deeper understanding or an appreciation for what we actually believe as church, for those of you who are Catholic or Christian in general. And here he is, my first guest for this series of The Creed Beneath the Surface, Mr. Bob LeBlanc. Bob, welcome. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Now, Bob... Um, you are our first guest for this new series, and you have chosen to not only just do the first phrase of the creed, but actually the first two words of the creed, which is, uh, I believe. Yes. Well, I believe that it yes. is a very important topic, and I use the sense of I believe in a different way than we use it when we do the Mass, because... Here I was just expressing an opinion, yeah. and that's what we're not saying when we go in the Mass and we recite the Creed. All right, so that's, that'll be your first uh, point that you make, but uh, let's delve beneath the surface on what it means, I believe. Now, uh, in the older translation, as we had mentioned off the air, uh, it used to be we believe. Now, you know, it's closer to the Latin, which is credo, I believe. So let's delve beneath the surface on the two first words of the creed. What do you got? Well, I'm going to pass over I okay. and just go on to believe. Let's now, do it. Uh, so believe usually is, is a statement of truth. It's, okay. it's, it, you, you are saying, I believe such and such a thing to be true. Yes. Um, uh, and... Uh, I want to kind of compare that with faith because faith is kind of tied in with that. So okay. faith, faith is kind of the, the, um, the trust aspect of this. And, and uh, so, so you're distinguishing between belief and faith. Well, 
I am a little bit, yeah. but I think a lot of people tend to, you know, exchange them a little bit when they talk about belief. Yeah. Sometimes they're referring to faith and sometimes faith refers to belief for some, some people. There's kind of like an interchangeability in common usage. In common usage, I would agree. I think in religious usage, if you will, I think that we believe doctrines, we have faith in a person. Yes, in, in the divine, that is a very good distinction. Yes. In the person of Christ, in the divine persons of the Trinity. So I think belief is a more general term. You believe what you know has been divinely revealed. You believe what the church teaches, but these are all what's. When you right. have faith, it, it, it adds that trust factor and that submission factor. I have faith in you. Right. And we can say that about a person. We can say that about the divine persons. I trust in you. So there is, I, I do recognize that distinction. There, yes, and, and that's, that's pretty good. And, and in mm. fact, in order for us to say, I believe, you need to have faith. I agree. I agree. Um, if, 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 you don't, if you don't trust a thing uh, a salesman is saying, you're not going to believe what he's, what he's talking about if you don't trust him. Right, right, exactly. Right? Okay. And, 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 and that, I think, brings us into probably a, a first kind of topic point here. Okay. Um, uh, on, I think it's Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay. Uh, he had uh, that famous Christian of the 1990s, uh, Ralph Reed. Okay, he was yeah. part of the Christian Coalition. Right, and he was into politics, yeah. He was into politics. Yeah. And Bill Maher said something like, uh, you know, faith is blind or, or something like that. And, okay. and uh, Bishop Barron was watching that and he, re he was replying to himself and he said, no, no, you know, you know, Ralph Reed has this wrong. Faith is not just blind. And, and you, I, and you agree with Bishop Barron that faith is not blind. Faith is not blind. In fact, faith involves an intellectual input here. It's not merely um, uh, an act of the will, a sheer act of the will, but it's actually kind of an involvement of your entire self, intellect and will. So yeah. the will part is the faith. You have trust in this person. There's kind of an act of the will in there. Yeah. Um, but there's an engagement of the intellect. And I'd like to kind of use an example to describe what I'm talking about. Okay. It which it seems like right at this point, what you're saying is the will has to choose to believe the person yes. in order for the intellect to buy what the person is saying. So yeah. both, both are involved. Okay. Continue. So this is something I've thought about continually for quite some time now is, is this, this idea that we have this natural faith in our senses you know, if you talk if you talk to an atheist or an agnostic, and you know, they talk about this revealed knowledge that we receive, and they say, "No, I I'm not going to believe in any any of that faith stuff because I I only can trust what I can see." Right. And then hidden well, right, you go ahead. You're right. I know what you're about to say that that they're so, actually they actually have faith that their senses are detecting what is truly you know objectively true. So that's exactly sure. it. So, so we're born with this kind of innate trust in our senses, but yes, we both know as mature adults, you know, we're no longer children. We both know that our senses aren't entirely a hundred percent reliable in telling us about the world. 
they're they're often reliable it seems but, yeah, yeah, but i mean if we're not if we're not uh, rene descartes and and just 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 completely want to uh, you know distrust the our five senses i think they're pretty reliable as to as to you know detecting truth outside of ourselves well i i think i, I might have said it wrong but i i'm, I'm trying to say it's not a hundred percent absolutely reliable uh it's it uh, it certainly is otherwise we probably wouldn't trust our senses and i tell you what um we're dealing with a world of falling fallen human beings too so the sense of hearing very often uh, molds us in a way uh, that skews our view of the truth because we hear so much nonsense today especially through the media and as you get older through academia that that you know the, our whole culture is permeated with lies so you know once we once we you know we had said this earlier once we reach the age of reason we begin to use that second part of how we understand reality and that is our reason we begin to reason right. out are these things that my senses are experiencing true or not? And we get to discern all of right. that. Yeah. So that's exactly a, the process that I'm talking about is, is that as you, 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 you initiate with a certain sort of a leap of trust, a, a leap of faith, and that you trust the senses and then you yes. confirm. Every you baby, confirm. every baby and child trusts the senses. Right. Yeah. But you, you confirm the senses. You, you, yes. you go and see the truth and you say, okay, these things, they all come together, they make, they make sense, and therefore you even have more faith in your senses. Yes. You trust your senses even more. Yes. And, and I think the same sort of thing happens with the supernatural faith. Okay. Um, you, you, you hear a person, in fact, this is what we all do, all the truth, all the revealed truth that we've received has been mediated through other human beings. It's come originally from Jesus, the man God, but the rest of the, the chain, the links of the chain, have been human beings. Either you're, ta they you're, wrote, talking, you're talking about religious faith at this point? I'm talking about revealed truth, right. yes. religious. Right. And so you have human beings passing on this message that originated with Jesus or the prophets or whatever, um, and you have these human beings, they write it down in scripture, or yes. you, you have church fathers who comment on scripture or the faith. Yes. But it's all human beings that both, they are all links in the chain that of this revealed truth that comes to us. So at one point in one's religious formation, you have to say, yes, I believe I have faith that this chain has been guided by God so that um, so that the truth about him and, and us and what's expected of us is clear and intelligible for me today. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it continues on. And I think, I think that's another important point to make. We make that leap of faith where we start listening yeah. to uh, whoever's speaking to us or when we're reading the Bible yeah. or the catechism, we start, we become open to it and we start being able to believe certain truths that are found within these documents or truths that are found about what this person is speaking. And then as you further go along, you find other pieces of evidence that kind of it, it gels in your worldview where it, it makes more sense. Yeah. And so your faith grows as so you, you continue to believe. You hear things and read things that are reasonable. Yes. 
um, you know, we, we all begin uh, with, like you said, trust in our senses and then trust in our family members, particularly our parents. And then, uh, then you know, trust in other people. Um, but we all begin with a sense of there's more to, to life than just what's being told to me. I think every soul, every heart has those big questions in them that, right. you know, you might not be able to articulate them until maybe you're a, uh, an adolescent or a young adult, or, or maybe, maybe some children are able to, but I think they're, they're in the heart since the very beginning of, you know, what is going on? Why is there something instead of nothing? I mean, right. is there a God? What happens after death? What's expected of me now? What is the big picture? And I think, I think what you're saying is that the mind can take us so much and things are reasonable um, to the point where we begin to realize, well, there's got to be some kind of leap of faith because if not, I will just end up going back into myself and simply just believing in self and becoming a self-centered, selfish kind of person. That's that's Descartes, I think. That That's really where Descartes was going if he did not reach that on his own. Um, I think, therefore, I am, where he was trying to eliminate all his senses. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was postulating, you know, uh, a demon like God who was deceiving him as far as where he right. was. And he was left with, I think, therefore, I am. That's the only thing I can really know. Um, yeah, well, what's interesting about that, I think, is that there's something hidden in there that's very interesting. He's, he's basically saying, by what basis, on what basis should I trust my senses? And that's, right. that's actually a very interesting question. On what basis do we trust our senses? Babies, children, everybody seems to begin life trusting their senses, but, but is there a solid basis for that? I think I, not. Well, I would say it's all based on uh, a trust, a faith and a trust in the creator that's not necessarily intellectually understood by the person themselves. Well, so in other, in other words, if you're trusting your senses, you're trusting that which created them in the first place, that's, whether, whether, that's you, whether you're aware or not of that. Go ahead. Yes, that's actually a really good point. Uh, yes. uh, because we can't understand God. I mean, we can't, we, we can understand something of God, but we cannot really understand God the way we understand a rock or another human being. Uh, that God is really beyond our understanding, right. even though that we have some, some sort of comprehension of him. Yeah, so we can't see him with our senses. We can understand him to a point, but only right. to a point. And then what? Well... At some point, you have to make a leap of faith because this is the Cartesian problem that we have yes. here. I mean, Descartes was looking for, he said knowledge was only things that we were certain of. Yes. And I'm saying something different here. I'm saying that we can have knowledge of things that we have faith in. Yeah. So, so, we're the, so we have faith. And I would say when we are speaking the creed, we're actually naming off things that we believe in 
that's actually knowledge. Those things that we're talking about is actually knowledge. Even though we're not certain of those things in the same sort of way we're certain about modern science. But we are, we are certain about things. One, you brought it up before. We're, we're certain about this because we believe that God has protected the message. So yeah. it's not, not merely that we trust the human being that told us these sorts of things. Or the chain of human beings through the centuries. Right. Or which, the chain. Which, yeah, what you're actually having faith in by being a faithful Christian is you're having faith in the Holy Spirit and the, and the promise of Christ to keep his word and his message undiluted. Throughout the, from from generation from century to century to generation to generation through the official magisterium of the church so that we will always know the purified message of God as to what is expected of us and how to attain salvation it's it's a beautiful thing but you, but like you said you have to begin with faith in God preserving uh, preserving his word would you notice something Paul this is this is um, from a logical standpoint, mm. uh, point of view, a logical point of view is this is a circular argument. In what we're respect? We're saying, well, we believe this person, this human being, or this chain mm. of human beings, yes. because God did it. So we believe you know, in God, who does it? Yes. We don't put it's, our faith in the human beings, we put our faith in God, who uses the fallible, sinful human beings. Uh, for for our sake and for our salvation. So even our logical argument that we're presenting here is an act of faith. Yeah, because it begins with faith in God. Right. And you know what? Every child, and, and Peter Kreeft, the philosopher from, from Boston College, used to say this uh, a lot. Um, virtually all children in all primitive tribes, so, so those, those who haven't been tainted by the modern world, believe in the divine. It's just, a, there's a religious sense in the human soul and the human person that, that is just natural to us. Without, without learning about it, we just know, we seek, we understand that there is someone that is over and above our, our you know, created universe. This is, this is what I believe, Paul, because I yeah. think I absolutely agree with you. And I'm using believe in the second sense here. I believe you're right in my opinion, <laughs> okay. because I think every child has a sense of wonder. Yes. And I think the opening the the door that that the door that you go through for faith is this sense of wonder and awe. And what's interesting is you actually have to be brainwashed out of that in order to become a cynical atheist whereas a lot of the cynical atheists are saying you have to be brainwashed into religiosity. It's actually the other way around. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And, and I think there's a lot of reductionism. You know, you have the modernism, mm. it kind of reduces everything, and that really bleeds the awe out yeah. of the world. You know, God is not so merely a, ma a mathematical formula or, yeah. or a chemical equation. There's, it's something more than that. You over see, and above that, yeah. Over and above, it, God transcends, so to speak. And I think our spiritual intuition understands that. It's just that, you know, we have to, we have to go with that. But um, let, let me just um, sort of review something that we, we said a little while ago, or at least uh, we, were, we inferred it. And that is there are three kinds of certitude that we human beings can have, or three avenues to certitude. And we talked about them. One is our, our sense experience. Then the other comes our reasonable, our reasoning abilities. So faith, uh, excuse me, uh, sense experience, um, human reason, 
And then faith. We, we believe uh, what is told to us, and we have faith in the persons who tell us. Faith, reason, and sensual experience, or you could say science, because that's what science is based on. Faith, reason, and science. Those are the three avenues to truth, and they all sort of help each other out. They hone each other, if you will. Uh, um, and, and that's, I think, what you meant by faith isn't blind. It's not just something out of nowhere. It's, right. it's something that matches our you know, human experience and our reasoning, and it's just something that's sort of over and above our, our human experience because we are finite human beings with finite senses and finite reasoning ability. You know, I think I think you brought something up, and I'm going to go mm. on a little bit of a tangent here. All right, go ahead. Um, so, what happens is is when you're when you're an agnostic or atheist is is that you tend to think of faith as this blindness, and you kind of yeah. think you see people with faith, and you say, well, a person with faith will believe despite the evidence. They'll yes. hold on to their faith this, despite the evidence, and. That's not my experience as a, a Catholic who has returned to the church. Right. My experience is is what happens is my faith helps me understand the world better. And as I adopt this it's, Catholic worldview, it's like I a light. Start, it is. It's exactly like a light. The, the Bible uses that term all the time that God yes. is like a light. Absolutely. And that's so absolutely true. You start seeing more. You start seeing clearly. Clearly, exactly. And <laughs> exactly. It, helps, it helps my reasoning ability no all that much the more uh, by having this faith. So my faith is actually confirmed. When yes. I start seeing things more clearly about how the world works. Yeah, and, um, and, and good reason is confirmed and, and, and good science is confirmed because Christ is and serves as our light. So you know what happens when we encounter something in science that may seem to contradict the faith? Yeah. What a good religious person will do is they will start examining this apparent contradiction yeah. and trying to discern because we actually believe as Catholics that the created were the created world is actually another book of revelation of God. Yeah, it's it, first of all it's real and it's intelligible and it tells us something about the creator himself. Absolutely. So yeah. so when we discover something in science, yeah. We Catholics believe that it's telling us something about God. Himself, absolutely. Let me just um, go to the Bible for a second, because there is okay. a passage in, in Hebrews that's interesting about this notion of believing or faith. And I'll just read it to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And, it's, and it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. They must believe that he exists and that God rewards people um, who seek him. Now, let's, let's break those two things down a little bit. So, in other words, you can't please God. And, and when you don't please God, you, you know, you're, you're away from God. So, you don't attain salvation. If you don't seek him and you don't believe he exists. Your thoughts? Um, well... I agree with it, obviously, um, and I, and I think I think um, it expresses something maybe about the way my faith has grown. Mm. Because the first step, the first step that I took coming back into the Catholic faith, was saying, 
well, okay, I'm going to take this leap of faith that God exists. Okay. And, and actually, it, I sort of had a prayer. And it, I don't remember exactly what that prayer was, but the gist of it was, God, if you exist, you know, help me find you. That reminds me of the so-called uh, agnostics prayer. Right. That you can find many of them on the internet, but yeah. I think same, same my, memory, my memory is kind of incorporated that. Um, okay. And, and, yeah. uh, but that's the, the basic sort of start. That's the first kind of leap of faith. You believe that God exists. Yes. And then the next thing you start, you become open to that. You start becoming open to various truths about God. You know, yeah. somebody speaks to you about God and they say something and it, and it sticks in your mind and you start exploring that, mm. that thought. And you start wanting to look up more about this. Yes. And your faith journey just doesn't end then. And when you say, like, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe that he rose from the dead, it doesn't end then. Because we discussed earlier, we're talking about God being infinite. We're not yeah. going to understand God completely. Yeah. So the journey continues even yeah. after you accept and you become baptized or yeah. you and, and, no question, which, and which, you're t which you were talking about earlier, the, the difference between belief and faith. If you, like you did, had that, you know, you decided, because faith is a choice, you decided to, uh, to give your faith or your heart to God, that opens the heart to his truths. Right. So, so the doctrines of the church all of a sudden become clearer. And they make more right. sense. And, but you know what? Because we're still, we're fallible and we're tainted from original sin, we will never fully understand right. God and we will never fully understand the, the doctrines of the church. This, this Every, Paul, this, Paul, uh, just one thing. This reminded yeah. me, what you're just saying here, reminded me of this quote from Aristotle. Okay. Uh, he who wishes to learn must believe. Yeah, and I think that's that captured exactly what you were just saying here. If your if your heart is closed to something, you will never get it. Right. I mean, I mean, my my endless dialogues with with agnostics and atheists tell me that if their heart is closed, no matter how much reason you give them and what you present to them, um, it'll bounce off and they'll just go in circles because their heart is closed to the truth, so their mind can't accept it. Good point. And you know, this also reminds me of something that Jesus said in the Gospel of John, which really sums up, in my opinion, it sums up the moral life, especially for those who aren't intellectually mature yet. And that is, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Right. He never said, if you love me, you'll fully understand my commands, and then you'll decide to keep them or not. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So that's really the bottom line here. If you trust if you have faith in God, which the creed, you know, begins with, I believe, then you are going to believe what God has revealed. You might not fully understand it yet, but you're going to follow it and submit to it as best you can. And that, that leads us that leads us right back into the creed here, where we're, yeah. where we're saying now, at, at, if a person has followed our train of thought so far, yeah. they, would, they would be able to understand what we mean when we say I believe in the creed, yeah. because now we're 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 saying okay, we trusted all this all this message that came before, and now we believe 
these truths. Yes. These certain and, things are true. And that brings me to my last point, and that is the last distinction I think we should make is the distinction between the subject and the object when it comes to faith. Because there's my faith or your faith, which is the subjective part, and there's the faith, which is what you and I and everyone else would have faith in. And so the faith is a body of truths that, uh, that we believe are objectively revealed by God um, and you know, taught through his church. And, and, and part of that is, is found in the creed that we're going over now. So that's the object of faith, God, Christ, and church, which, you found broke, which we find breaking down, or broken down in the creed very nicely. Whereas what we've been talking about up until this point mostly is, is the subjective point. You know, everybody has different levels of faith in the faith. Yes? Yes. No, absolutely. In order, to, in order to understand the faith, the object, you need to have faith, that subjective part here. Yes. So, so there, there has to be this leap of faith in order right. to believe these truths in, in in the faith that has been in, revealed in the faith that has yeah. been revealed and so what we're talking about here are certain truths that we believe about god and the world around us and that's what we're going to discuss right. later on in the creed all these and, various and, ba and basically we're saying we believe these are facts we're not like yes. you said at the beginning we're not saying this is my opinion that we're saying that we hold these as facts and it's not internal at all to, to distinguish between the subjective and the objective. Yeah. This truth does not come from within me. This truth is external to me. This yes. is a truth that I'm accepting. Yes, yes. And that, there's so much to say about that because we really have, as a modern world, turned to so much to subjectivism that it's difficult for some people to even you know, understand the fact that there is objective truth, but that's for another show. I just want to um, just, just summarize just for, for a few seconds what we've talked about in this show, and that is we distinguish between the subjective belief and the object, uh, the, excuse me, the subjective faith and the objective faith. We have um, distinguished between belief and trust, and that is belief in teachings or in, you know, in things, and you trust in persons, that which is behind those teachings. And um, what, what else did we would talk about at the beginning? Just I know there's a, a third. Um, um, well, we, we, we talked. Well, we talked about faith in general. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how faith, you would faith it. as a um, as a natural yes. um, a part of human nature, uh, along with reason and sensual or sense experience. So right, all of this, right. I think those three things we can take from the show, and that faith is very real. It's not something sort of a whimsical uh, that you know children or people that aren't serious have. It's the most important part of us. We begin with faith. Most of our knowledge is from faith, and we continually try to solidify that faith by by learning as we go along throughout life. Last word. Well, you you described it very well. Um, you used the words of. Uh Pope John Paul's encyclical Faith and Reason, yeah. and I really believe that these are the two wings of 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 knowledge that we have in the world. Mm. Uh, we cannot have one without the other. No, no, they're like two wings of an airplane. You need both. 
uh, if you, if you want to get more into that, uh, the, the encyclical is called Faith and Reason by John Paul II. Google it. You'll find it. Mr. Bob, thank you for beginning our, our series on, um, you know, the creed beneath the surface um, with uh, the first two words of the creed. <laughs> it was good. To, it was fun to, to bat that along. All right. Thank you, Paul. All right. Mr. Bob LeBlanc. Paul Morano from Beneath the Surface, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining for us. Next week, we're going to um, tackle the next line of the creed. Uh, and uh, until then, signing off. Have a great week, everybody.